welcome to the Comic Sauce Podcast, where we talk comics and comics culture, presented by Cape and Cowl Comics. I am Henry Liu, and today I am joined by the man known as Rainier. Rainier, how's it going? What's up, Henry? It's been a while. Been a little while. And uh, today is Monday, December 18th, and this past weekend was Star Wars. The Last Jedi releasing to theaters, and we both did see it. Yeah? Yeah, man. I saw it. Uh, did you see it opening night? I did not. I, I saw it as I typically do nowadays on Sunday, just yesterday. Okay, cool. We were able to catch it Friday. Uh, we were still able to catch a lot of the electricity from Thursday's, uh, what is it, midnight show? Uh huh. Yeah. So the excitement, the energy was all there. That's great. You saw it at the technically opening day and you now you took a a day off work for for this right well not specifically (laughs) for this it just so happened to be the case okay (laughs) you can you know you can frame that however you like but in my mind you took a day off for star wars (laughs) tomato tomato henry okay (laughs) all right that's awesome so we both saw it opening weekend and a lot of people saw it and a lot of people had opinions and I thought the way we frame the discussion today would be like a, a non-spoiler section or initially, and then we'll get into spoilers. Later. By the way, no spoilers for you before watching the movie, right? Yeah, none for me. Yeah, no spoilers for me. No spoilers for you as well. Right, okay. except for the fucking Rotten Tomato score, <laughs> which yeah. I still cannot get over. I mean, when I went to go buy my tickets. On the purchase page, just about to put in my PayPal account to pay for it, the Rotten Tomato score is right there. Why would they ridiculously <laughs> put it there when they know I'm going to buy tickets? Yeah. Like, they don't need to sell me anymore with a Rotten Tomato score. I hate that. Now I have the percentage expectation of this movie walking in. Yeah. Not totally a spoiler, but it still sits in the back of your head, right? Yeah. And I think we've kind of come to the determination that we here at the Comic Sauce Podcast do consider the Rotten Tomato score a spoiler. I hate Rotten Tomato scores <laughs> because they're everywhere. You cannot yeah, escape them. They are everywhere. And that happened to me too. Uh, I got spoiled to the RT score before seeing it as well. And yeah, like you, I was annoyed. It's very annoying. Very annoying. Yeah. Okay. But uh, beside that, um, I think we had a pretty positive uh theatrical experience uh take me through uh your your experience it was on uh the opening friday yeah what opening theater did friday. you see it at i saw it in an amc okay. uh not an imax theater but a dolby a digital theater so there were a billion speakers everywhere ah. the sound was the bass was rattling uh my seat it was awesome that's great and how was the crowd how was the audience oh yeah everyone was dressed up yeah. Oh, there with, were cosplayers. With, with not cosplayers, but you know, some sort of Star Wars shirt. Oh yeah. Hat, pants, slippers, you name it. Awesome. Uh, so everyone was in the mood. Did you wear some sort of Star Wars paraphernalia? I did. You know, I do <laughs> okay. all the time. I had a hat and a shirt. Nice. Nothing crazy. Nice, nice. Okay. Yeah. Cool. It sounds pretty similar to uh, my experience. Uh, the Sunday showing I went to was at the Alamo Draft House in San Francisco, and great crowd. As always up there, uh, there were a lot of Star Wars fans and yep, there were people wearing, you know, like Star Wars shirts and whatnot. I did wear my uh, Stormtrooper Adidas hoodie 
uh, to represent. And did uh, anyone bring yeah. lightsabers? I did not see any lightsabers. You know, I did not see a, I did not see a single lightsaber. Yeah, that's too bad. That that definitely adds to the fun. It does. <laughs> okay, so uh, continuing on a little bit more with non spoilers, I thought maybe we just talk a little bit about how much did we like the movie, Rainier? What did you think? No spoilers yet. No spoilers yet. Yeah. I mean, the movie definitely hits on all the nostalgia cylinders of Star Wars. All the elements of Star Wars are there. Okay. It was a fun movie. Yeah. I enjoyed it. How does it stack up with... Let's start with Force Awakens. Like, how does it stack up against Episode Seven? Ooh, you know, I think I like The Force Awakens better. Okay, really? Yeah. Interesting. Only because Force Awakens came off the heels of the original... Uh, the 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 Lucas prequels, right, 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 and I think any Star Wars movie beyond that point was was a zero to hero win, if you ask me. <laughs> okay, yeah. But <laughs> but uh, the Force Awakens, they, I mean, they did a great job. People okay. people are also making that argument that J.J. Uh, Abrams basically mirrored A New Hope. Yeah, and there have been fan videos that have shown the movies side by side, that yeah. shows the highs and the excitement. Um, right. It's oddly, it's oddly coincidental and familiar. <laughs> yeah. But you know that's what we were looking for. I mean, I can't. You can't get mad at that. Right. So the fact that it was like almost a duplicate of Episode Four, that wasn't really a major problem for you. I didn't. Well, that's the thing. Like I didn't. I didn't see that right away. Okay. It wasn't until afterwards when ah, people okay. started talking about it that I realized, oh wow, it it's it's almost identical. Okay. So you you would say. Uh, Episode eight was a little bit less in 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 quality. Yeah, I think episode eight. I want to say it, it it breaks the mold a bit. It took I think I think it took some risks. Yeah, uh, I agree. You know, actually, some people might still say they kind of played it safe. But um, I think the excitement of episode seven was more prevalent than the excitement for this. I Don't agree. get me wrong. I did I like I did like the Last Jedi, but I feel like the excitement wasn't there because it wasn't completely brand new and fresh. Yeah, oh, you know totally. when we first saw the Force Awakens, you see BB-8 for the first time. You yeah. see a new tri red lightsaber that looks right. like a laser flare. Like you didn't see that. Yeah, all these new characters were brand new. It was their yeah, first it was, appearance. It was, they were all being introduced. Here yeah. we're just seeing the story continue. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. Now, what about? How does it stack up to the original trilogy and the prequels? Any thoughts there? Oh, man. I don't think anything will be the original trilogy. Yeah. Uh, for A New Hope, Empire, Return of the Jedi. I don't think anything will. I don't think anything can match that magic. Mm-hmm. That movie cinema magic. I don't think <laughs> that that's going to be hard to, you know, to meet or yeah. even like, you know, exceed. Okay. Yeah. Which is hard. I mean, it's hard for all of the long time, long standing fans because you know that's a really, that's a really large benchmark to hit. Yeah. Okay. That sounds a lot like what many fans have, have voiced. Well, we can get into that later. But um, the uh, the hardcore, old school Star Wars fans did have some stuff to say here. They had words. Yeah. You know, you know I actually did find that surprising maybe not surprising uh-huh i feel like a lot of more savvy star wars fans have learned their lessons from the prequels where it's like oh it's it's a star wars movie you know it's got to be great 
where you realize right. in hindsight, oh, maybe it wasn't all that great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe that's part of it. You know, we, we've gotten smart. You know, after the prequels, we've realized just because it's Star Wars doesn't mean it's great and we can nitpick the heck out of it, right? Uh, so maybe there is an aspect of that here. Uh, but yeah, let, let's let's save that for the spoilers because I really want to dive into that. Yeah, Henry, what are backlash. your what are your non-spoilery? What's your non-spoilery take on this? So where my, does it stack up? Yeah, my non-spoilery take is I loved it, man. I, I had a blast watching this movie, and um, you know the expectations you were talking about, how there wasn't as much excitement around Episode Eight uh, compared to Episode seven um i totally felt that i went in and i was like you know eh, you know okay let's go check this out i wasn't super excited and um and quick side note uh i don't know if, maybe i've been in kind of a dark mood lately because i've been i've been digging dark stuff like the punisher we've, we've talked about the punisher a lot but that's a dark show man and i really digged it i live i really dug the, the darkness and, and the realness and then um i heard that uh, the show Black Mirror is going to um, release season four at the end of the month. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait for this. <laughs> it's like that's a really fucking dark show. And I don't know what it is, but I'm just kind of in this like this dark place. You know, are you brooding right now? I think I'm brooding, brooding you know, big time channeling my uh, inner Bruce Wayne or something. But um, yeah, with Star Wars, I was kind of like I was kind of I was kind of anti man. I was like, yeah, OK, you know, whatever. Let's just go watch this, right? Um, <laughs> and I, my my frown quickly turned upside down <laughs> because I had a blast with this movie, and I walked it out. I walked out of that theater exhilarated. You found a new hope. <laughs> it sounds like well put. Well if you put. will, yes, yes, indeed. But real quick, how's it stack up? Um, I definitively liked it more than The Force Awakens. Um, oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, absolutely. But and he, I'm um, my perspective though is I, I wasn't like a huge fan of that movie. I was a little bit lukewarm. Um, yeah, I was a little bit lukewarm on it. Um, and to me, this flick definitely uh, outdid it in many ways. Um, a lot like what you're talking about. I think the original trilogy it's, it's pretty much untouchable. And if you grew up with that stuff, like how can anything top those uh for me particularly uh a new hope episode four that that's my favorite and and i don't think anything's going to touch that you know i think with empire and empire and jedi um those were great but you know for me i think uh rogue one and the last jedi were like in that category i liked those flicks that much like they, they were like in that ballpark oh yeah i really enjoyed rogue one rogue one really broke the mold i think for star wars films yeah yeah um and then like lower on the list would be uh force awakens and yes episode three i I kind of lumped those two in the same ballpark might be a little sacrilegious to say but i did enjoy revenge of the sith Episode one and two, I don't even talk about. It's fucking garbage. But, you know, let's just leave it at <laughs> Have that. you seen any of the animated stuff, like Clone Wars? And uh, what's the oh. new one? Um, Star Wars. Oh, Rebels. Rebels. Right. No, yes. I haven't seen that. Okay. And I haven't seen the Clone, World, Clone Wars 
TV show, but I did see the movie. Like they had a theatrical release for the movie, if you recall. Right. Yep. And I wasn't a huge fan of that either. Um, so I'm definitely not like, oh, if it's Star Wars, I love it. Um, but I did love the Last Jedi. You know why I think Rogue One really worked was because it was an all. So like the 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 basis of that story was from nearly just a line from was it uh, a new hope where they talk about like these plans you know many people die because these plans it was a new hope yep and so it was just that line and they had all of this runway to create an entirely new story based on the premise of just that one line and then spoiler alert okay for rogue one at the very end you see that it takes place just before a new hope starts so you get a little of this sprinkled in nostalgia from the original star wars but the main bulk, the main body of the movie is all an original story. So there's no yeah. expectation of these characters from Rogue One. It's 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 a whole new landscape for for these characters. That's why I enjoyed it the most. 100% agree. Yeah, I really, really love that flick too. Whereas you take, you know, The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, there's an expectation, right? Oh, yeah. Episode 7, that, you know, that exploded off of the movie screens. J.J. Yeah. Abrams really captured a lot of the nostalgia from the original Star Wars films. And so The Last Jedi, you're expecting, oh, okay, so that the expectation is, I mean, almost everyone I ask, which you know, who, which of your Star Wars movies of the original is your favorite? Empire is always the top of the list. Very often. So you're thinking, oh, okay, this is the second of J.J. Abrams' trilogy. This may, or this, this <laughs> has to be the equivalent of Empire. Yeah. It's going to be that awesome. Yeah. And I think... Again, I don't know if this is because of that stupid Rotten Tomato score was in the back of my head, <laughs> but I had that level of an expectation. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Dude, I remember when episode t- two came out, Attack of the Clones. I remember there were all these Empire Strikes Back um, comparisons. Then also, it's something about that like second episode, you know? Um, but yeah, I see what you're saying with all these expectations. It can really sort of shape your experience, mm-hmm. you know? in maybe not the best way so yeah let's get into spoilers now so big time spoiler alert we're gonna go in depth okay on the last jedi yeah you want to start with this um so i want to start um just a little bit with our 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 co-workers um just a couple takes from from our comic geeks crew yeah so let me just read a couple of these uh, off okay this one is from marnie marnie writes Loved it so 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 much. All caps. Can I say this with say with this with the enthusiasm of okay. her voice Clearly, coming through the screen? Yeah, I'm not giving. <laughs> I'm not doing this justice. And this is all caps. Uh, so Marnie really loved it. Um, one other comment: that Kylo slash Ray lightsaber fight was friggin' incredible. So yeah, huge fan here and. Um, also a comment from two two writes i loved it except for a few parts like the casino scene was so bleh so um i think the consensus was positive you know i think maybe with you and two maybe not as positive as say me and marnie um but yeah let's get into it you want to start or you want me to start here uh, maybe I should I should start this by saying like there there were a lot of really awesome moments in the Last Jedi. Okay, there were a few 
I want to say maybe more logistical uh, points that just they just stuck in my head and I couldn't get it out. Yeah. And that's that's why my you know take on the film was not quite where you are, Henry. Okay. <laughs> so there was that little bug in the back of your head that was just eating away at you, right? Like I couldn't help but question it <laughs> as I was watching the movie. Like, yeah. oh, I don't want to think I, about this. I, I've been there, man. Okay. I know what you mean. So right. tell us about tell us about it. Well, let's start about let's talk about the good stuff first. Okay. The opening sure. scene, you got Poe Dameron in his X-wing fighter taking on was it a star destroyer? I can't remember the name of that ship. Oh, it's called a, a dreadnought. A dreadnought. It's yeah. a David and Goliath battle between this <laughs> yeah. tiny X-wing fighter and this massive planet of a ship. Not yeah. a planet of a ship, but it's just a huge ship. Huge, yeah. Right? Huge. And um, we're seeing him plow through all of these gunners that is essentially the only assault part you know the the he he's trying to pave a path for for these bombers to come through. Yeah, and he's he's completely just ignoring orders from um from General Leia. Mm-hmm. He's just going right. on his own. Yep, got yep. a little bit of a Han Solo feel there. Yes, did you get that? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> I know, and it was intentional too. You could tell. You yeah, could tell. Yeah. yeah. So right off the bat, really exciting start. Like this, this awesome aerial battle between yeah. between you know Poe and the entire Empire essentially, or the for, First Order. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and I agree. It was a great scene, exhilarating for sure. Yeah. What did you think of the? What did you think of the lone bomber that survived that attack? That was a pretty emotional um, scene there, right? Yeah. Oh, so you're talking about like the sacrifice that was made, right? Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, crazy. You know, there were uh, some new faces in this scene, and um, I don't know, kind of reminded me of of Rogue One a little bit. Like these new characters that like die pretty much right after you see them and are introduced to them, but they resonate. You know, they make an impact. These, yeah. these new these new rebels, and um, yeah, I, I think right away it's uh, great action, uh, great effects. You know, looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're already, you know, as an audience member, you're already you're already in the thick of it. You're in the thick of it, and there are stakes, and there's like an emotional attachment to what's going on here. Yeah, you know? yeah, and we get that within the first 15 minutes of the movie. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, very cool. Yeah, really exciting. Really, really set the stage well for for the movie. And before you go on, I just wanted to call out. Even before that scene, I mean, everyone talks about the the opening crawl to every Star Wars episode movie, and um, that just never gets old to me, right? I mean, when the music just blasts, oh yeah, and the crawl starts rolling, it just brings you back to being that kid again watching yeah, Star Wars in the yeah, theaters, and, right? You know, like when I was telling you, like my mood wasn't exactly like conducive for a new Star Wars movie. Like once that crawl started rolling. I was right right back in there, you know. Happy place. Happy place. And there's something about not only just seeing that crawl, but whenever there's a new episode and you start reading the crawl, there is something magical there. You know, you just the anticipation for a new Star Wars episode is just like awesome. You know, just wanted to call that out. So please continue with uh, what else did you like about this flick? Uh, so as I was saying earlier about Poe, I, I made a comment that, uh, you know, the the, the, the charisma that Poe Dameron has, 
like he's an interesting character. I could see oh, I yeah. could I could watch an entire movie of just Poe Dameron. Yeah. Um and you know his his fleet of X-wing guys. And he did a lot more in this movie than episode 7, right? Yeah. So, it was cool to see. Very cool. Where do we go from here? What else? There's there's got to be yeah, other yeah. stuff. I mean, from like, here right? so we from here this is where we see Ray and Luke interacting again and it takes place right off the heels of the ending of episode 7. Yeah. Um, right. Oh, and so that's the thing that I was wondering about. Like this whole attack with Poe Dameron and that that dreadnought. Yeah. Is this taking place at the same time that Ray and Luke are finally having a dialogue together? Because if you remember in episode seven, there were no words exchanged. It was just Ray oh, right. handing the lightsaber to Luke. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so it cuts directly to that. So that's telling us that it's taking place right after episode seven. Mm-hmm. So was there a period of time that we missed between where Poe Dameron was at the same time? Like, were they, I can't remember, at the end of episode seven, were they planning an attack on the Empire? Not that I recall. Okay, so, and there's a lot of these, like, weird timeline jumps that, <laughs> that are a little questionable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, now that you mention it, it seems like in, in, in this movie, you know, in the story of this movie, the that initial attack that first battle sequence did happen like around the same time that Luke and Ray were first having a conversation right but timeline wise yeah that doesn't make much sense because you would think that this big battle would be kind of much later after I mean it looked well orchestrated yeah yeah so yeah I don't know it's a little hazy to me the timeline and so you would think something that's well orchestrated would take time to plan right but it seems like in the context of this timeline it was something that just happened maybe maybe the end the very end of episode seven actually happened quite a ways after the events of episode seven okay so we're jumping in timeline a little bit perhaps I guess. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that's what i'm thinking okay all right and so now we cut to ray and and luke actually speaking words for the first time yeah. and <laughs> you i mean how how iconic is that scene in episode seven when ray's handing his original lightsaber that was handed to him by Obi Wan mm-hmm. back to Luke Skywalker. Yeah. So you would think there would be this, you know, epic, momentous, like I don't know, opening line that right. that Luke would say. I mean, this would be his first words mm-hmm. as Luke Skywalker, yeah, uh, since Return of the Jedi. Right. And what does he do with it? He does something that I would have never have expected. Yeah. <laughs> he throws the lightsaber over his shoulder. Like, yeah. get this out of here. Right. That like, was what funny. Do you think of that? <laughs> it was super funny. And you know, it's uh it's it's interesting when I was watching it, there was a pause, right? So he, he kind of stares at it and it's kind of hinting like he might cry or he might say something cheesy like yeah. like like, oh Chewie, we're home. You know, right, something, right. something along those yep. lines. <laughs> yep. And then just in the back of my my mind, I was thinking, oh, wouldn't it be funny if he just like threw it away? And then he throws it away. <laughs> oh, you called it, huh? You, you well, it? I didn't. It was almost like a thought I had, not that I was expecting it, expecting it to happen, but more like, wouldn't wouldn't it be funny if dot dot dot? Not expecting it to happen, <laughs> and it happened. Yeah, I was expecting him to say something like, "I haven't seen this in a long time," or you yeah. know, something just completely corny and cheesy. Right. Yeah, that was that was great. That was a really funny moment for sure. And so from here, we get a glimpse of what Luke Skywalker's been up to this entire time. He's been living in a cave, yeah. drinking monster titty goat milk. <laughs> yeah. 
fishing for exotic fish yeah. and just trying to live out the rest of his life. Doing a whole lot of nothing, basically. Right? It, it was very, very similar to the way Yoda was living his life alone yeah. oh, and secluded true. on Dagobah. Yeah, yeah. So some parallels there, mm-hmm. right? A little, here, bit, a little bit of... Um, Rocky Balboa in Creed. You know, I, I thought well, I of that seen, a bit. I haven't seen Creed yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's not spoiling it, but he Rocky does start off kind of doing nothing in yeah. that movie. So, um, yeah, definitely there's some parallels to Yoda and Rocky there for sure. But the difference here is that when Luke meets Yoda for, uh, for the first time in Dagobah, Luke doesn't know that's Yoda. He's expecting some, you know, all, I don't know, some all... How do I explain this? Or how do I say this? He, he was expecting some godlike figure. Yeah, like a would great show warrior. Him the way of, of the Force, right? Yeah. Um, whereas here, Rey knows exactly who Luke Skywalker is, and her expectation is like, this guy needs needs to train me, or he needs to mm-hmm. go with me and, and fight this fight. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, it doesn't go quite the way she expects. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, no, I loved all that stuff. It was great. Anything, any scene that Luke Skywalker was in in this movie, I loved. Like, just period. Yeah, awesome. I, I think we could have done with more Luke Skywalker. I mean, they could have just called this episode eight Luke Skywalker, <laughs> and that would have been awesome. I uh, I certainly can't complain with how Luke was portrayed here, but yeah, I mean, I don't think there was anyone who walked away from this movie thinking, like, I don't, I wish there was less Luke. You know, everyone wanted to see more. I think he was awesome, absolutely. Oh, and real real quick, just. Um, talking about comedic moments a bit, like so the the moment when Luke throws the, the lightsaber over so, over his shoulder, it's funny, and the movie is filled with these little comedic moments. Oh yeah, they definitely upped the humor. It was really, rather noticeable. Very noticeable because kind of so much so that it it didn't feel like a Star Wars movie in a lot of ways, right? There were a lot of these yeah. little funny moments that I thought that I thought worked great. But I think a lot of fans were like, hmm, this doesn't feel like Star Wars. You know? There's there's the throwing of the lightsaber. There's Chewbacca eating a friend of Porg, that little yeah. bird-looking <laughs> yes. owl thing. Yeah, that was hilarious. Um, th- there's a lot of that sprinkled all over the movie. It seemed like that might have been the biggest complaint by a lot of people is that was there a was a little too much humor in, yeah. in this movie. It, very early on, the first one was Poe Dameron. Poe was uh, like trolling General Hux, right? He was like, please hold. <laughs> it was like oh, yeah, right. such a non-Star Wars thing to happen. It was super funny, but it, it was it definitely like seemed like it didn't really fit in the Star Wars universe. You know right? what though? It does fit his character. Do you remember oh, yeah. the first do you remember the first opening conversation he had with Kylo Ren? He's like how do we do this? Do I talk? Do you talk? Oh, you don't yeah, talk? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. It's very in line with this character. Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. So, number one, it's really, you know, it fits the Poe Dameron character. Number two, um, I think, oh, man, I lost my train of thought for a second. But I think it's, um, it's like, uh, oh, I'll, I'll get back to that. But I, I think it, it just it just worked. You know, that, that worked, and, it, and all the little comedic moments really worked well, I think. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't any, all of the fi- funny dialogue that was sprinkled in there, none of it really, st- it didn't, like, stick out like a total sore thumb to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just thought of the, the second part of my point. Number two, it's a nice callback. So, like, if you recall, in A New Hope, um, Han Solo is trying to, like, talk his way through um, when they're trying to free Leia. 
and he's just he's just sort of stumbling. He's like, um, everything's fine. Uh, all sy- systems normal. Uh, everything's fine. Uh, how are you doing? <laughs> you know, and it's it's totally like a callback to that. And you could argue like that little exchange was like, oh, that didn't feel like Star Wars, but that is Star Wars, you know. So I think it totally fits. Yeah, yeah. So continuing on, we see a lot of Rey's progression. We see her wielding the lightsaber with even more precision than than she had in episode seven where she didn't know she had the, that, that skill set. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We see her using uh, the force in a way that Luke Skywalker admittedly says that it's something that he's seen and has scared him. Yeah, that's right. We saw that in the what trailer. Did, what did you think of Luke? What do you, so what's funny is that it's, it's Ray chasing Luke, like train me, train me, train me. Mm-hmm. And Luke finally is like, okay, I've got, Three questions for you. <laughs> or he has like these three tests. Yeah. And he, he finally agrees to it, right? Yeah. What do you think of the training? What did you think of the training process? Did you did you like that interaction between Luke and Ray? So, um, I, I mean, thought- were, you, were you half expecting to see Ray on the backpack and on the back of Luke Skywalker running through those mountains <laughs> the way he did with uh, Yoda? <laughs> so here's my take on that. I think it worked okay. I, th- I think it worked well. I think it worked well because – a big problem I did have with episode seven was it seemed like Ray got powerful too quickly. So like, I really liked Luke Skywalker's arc in the original trilogy. Like it took him three movies to become a great Jedi, right? Even in empire strikes back, he's like, he's still like really not really getting the grasp of this force thing. Right. And then cut to episode seven and like Ray is already like really powerful. She, she defeats Kylo Ren, you know, I'm like, what the fuck? Like that doesn't make any sense at all. Um, and now I feel like I got a bit of an explanation for that here with The Last Jedi because with the training, it really wasn't, you know, kind of like what you're saying. She wasn't really trained. There wasn't like a montage scene of her carrying around Luke or like, you know, levitating rocks and shit like that. Um, I mean, there was a little bit where she's like wielding a lightsaber and like cutting a rock in half and stuff, but there wasn't like this rigorous training. And I think the message to me was, you know, she doesn't really need it. Even Yoda kind of... She's inherently a strong Jedi regardless of training. Yes, and even Yoda sort of alluded to that. She says she has... She already has everything she needs. So she's like you know? the Mozart of Jedi's. Something she, she like that. She just knows how to Jedi. Something like <laughs> that. And I still have like a problem with that, but at least I feel like I got a bit of an explanation. You know, she, she's, she's got it. It's like a natural yeah. See, born here's the thing. thing. A lot of the interaction is great between Ray and Luke. The yeah. thing that I, f- I felt I kind of walked away feeling a little more hungry for more of that training. The thing is, yeah. is that Ray meets Luke Skywalker only knowing the legend of Luke Skywalker. Okay, so she's she's you can assume that she's heard stories of of him um, and everything that happened in the original trilogy. But in my opinion, you don't see you don't Ray doesn't see like that in person like yeah there's nothing that he does in front of her that makes her awestruck like oh he is like a master jedi like there's nothing yeah. there he, you know there was nothing i feel like there was nothing there to show for it right so you're thinking of maybe like, like something something along those lines was missing like yeah there, there was like remember that moment when luke realizes that yoda is who he is by lifting up the x-wing fighter oh, out yeah. of the river of dagobah and oh yeah that's the realization you see the look 
on Luke's face that he's the one. Yeah. I need this guy to train me. I don't, I don't, I don't feel like there was ever that moment between Ray and Luke. Yeah, I agree. But here's, here's my counter argument. So, you know, as Star Wars fans, we remember, we remember that scene where Yoda levitates the X-Wing and Luke is just like, he's astonished, right? We remember Luke's training. He trains over and over and over, over the course of multiple films. You know, it takes him a long time, you know? And we as Star Wars fans, we expect that. We, we know this. So when we don't see that with Rey, we question it. I think that's a lot of the backlash. It's like, what the hell? You know, this, this isn't Star Wars. She's not training enough. And, sh- and Luke isn't really proving himself. But to me, that's almost why this film really works. It subverts all those expectations, you know? It's like, here's what you know. And we're going to like, we're going to go a different way. Surprise, you know, and th- those surprises really, really made this movie a thrill for me. Like there's there, th- and the Jedi stuff is just part of those uh, subverting of expectations. You know, there's a lot of cool stuff along those lines throughout the movie. And again, I think it's why maybe a lot of hardcore Star Wars fans were put off a bit. But for me, I think it was great. I, I welcome the changes. So if you were watching this movie from, as, from a standalone point of view, as, as this is the only Star Wars movie that exists at this moment, would that still hold true? I think so. I think so because I think it worked on, on multiple levels. So if, uh, like, yeah, maybe you've never seen a Star Wars movie uh, before this one. I, well, <laughs> I, who, <laughs> who actually, I know there's well, we one, know a couple. We know someone. We know one, at least one but, specific yeah, person. But there are, there's not many. But let's say you, you, it's new to you. I, I think it still works because um, just on, like, the surface level, you look at, like, the surface level thrills of, the, of this movie, you know, that opening uh, battle scene, super thrilling, great effects, uh, great drama. Uh, there is an unbelievable lightsaber battle involving Kylo Ren and Ray against Snoke's uh, guards, right? Uh, oh, yeah, Marnie mentioned that earlier. Amazing, super cool. There's a great showdown between Finn and Phasma, and then, like, the finale battle is super awesome, too. So, like, just on those thrills alone, the, the movie really works, but I think... I'm not happy with how Phasma went. Okay, well, well let's get back to that. <laughs> we're we're going to do our dislikes in a bit, right? So we'll get there. Uh, but just to finish up here, yeah, I think um, it works on that level, but as kind of a more of a self-aware sort of wink-wink thing, a wink-wink to Star Wars fans, I think it's great because it takes all these expectations and completely subverts them. I think that was awesome. Yeah, I think the thing that just doesn't work for me is that if you're looking at it through the perspective of Rey, Rey only believes what she's heard about the legend of Luke Skywalker. Like, if you think about it, she's meeting him in person. There's really no, he doesn't show any, any, what if that wasn't Luke Skywalker? <laughs> yeah. What if he was just dressed up like Luke Skywalker? Right, right. <laughs> Maybe, and this is a little bit of just sort of, you know, going on a tangent a bit, but maybe it's it's really like Ray. maybe she doesn't need this mentor. Like, like kind of like, like she already what, knows. Like kind of what Yoda's saying. She's got what she needs. She doesn't need someone to look up to. She doesn't need someone to shepherd her way through to become a great Jedi. Maybe it's all within her and she just they, needs they're to trying find to, it. Maybe they're trying to break the whole lineage of a master and a Padawan. Is that Perhaps, maybe? Yeah, and again... It, it's this is sacred territory. I I understand if fans are pissed, but I think it's cool. I think it's really cool. 
I just wish it was a shining moment for Luke. Like we didn't. I wish we didn't have to wait for it all the way till the end of the movie. All <laughs> oh, right, you <laughs> to wanted show, to, to see... show. I wanted to see a level of Jedi in, in Luke during that training process that showed to Ray, like, wow, like she like something that would have blown her away. Yeah, and her knowing that if she commits herself to this, she could reach that level. Yeah, yeah, and right? I think and I know what you're you're talking about too. Like throughout pretty much the whole movie until the very end, it was like come on Luke like show me something right you know what I mean yeah I, I felt it too I felt it too I think there was a nice payoff at the end but I kind of understand uh, where you're coming from too just thirsting for that uh, that reveal you know that of, of some sort of great power a lot of the a lot of the training was was force focused right mm-hmm. <laughs> like balancing your mind with the force it wasn't so much a physical sense of training but more yeah. of a spiritual alignment with the force right yeah, yeah. That's definitely. what I got from that. I agree. I agree. It wasn't like he was he was like doing like lightsaber sparring with her or anything like that, right? It was yeah, more of a mental slash spiritual training, definitely. Okay. Uh, any any other thoughts on stuff you liked? You ready to go into stuff you didn't like? <laughs> uh, what else did I like? You know, I did like. Um, Let's see. I like I like the banter between Ray and Rose. We're introduced to a new character, yeah. Rose. Yeah, yeah. Who turns wait, out with uh, Finn and Rose. Oh, sorry, right? Finn and Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ro- it turns out Rose is the sister of uh, of the woman that had sacrificed herself in the beginning of the movie. Yes, yes. So it shows you know her her skin in the game. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a lot of fun. Definitely. Yep. That uh, that gambling Las Vegas planet they went to. That was a little far-fetched, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this might be a good segue to some stuff we didn't like so much. The, the thing about that, yeah, I mean, I guess you can go in there, but the thing yeah. about that is that, like, the, you know, there, everywhere in the Star Wars universe, it's known that there are slaves. Anakin himself was a slave that was sold and bought. Yep. But I feel like they didn't need to throw in our face that there was this world of luxury and richness to show that slavery still existed. Yeah. I think they were trying to show that contrast between that and, like, the the, the handlers of the animals that – you know, were being um, displayed as shows for betting on that planet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that, like, just seemed a little too obvious to me. Right, yep. That was a little bit, uh, like, ham-fisted, like, rich people bad, <laughs> poor people good, animals good, you know. I mean, they've already showed that to us, like, in pod racing, you know. Yeah, yeah, we've seen it before, yeah. And, um, oh, hey, I just, real quick, what's your opinion on the porgs? I, I actually like the Porgs quite a bit, but um, what do you think? Uh, they really have no place in the story. <laughs> it doesn't move the, for- the, the story forward or backward. <laughs> they're just like salad dressing. Oh, so that's not too positive. You kind of feel like it was I mean, wedged in there. They're fine. I don't think it was – well, I mean, I don't think it was thrown in there, but they didn't really have any purpose other than giving Chewbacca some stuff to, to – you know, literally chew on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They were they were in there for laughs, essentially. Right? Those those ice foxes had more purpose than porgs. <laughs> oh, that's a good point because I definitely liked the porgs and I got some laughs out of them. But yeah, they they really didn't have any sort of bearing on the story. They had no effect on the, what what happened, right? I mean, are we walking away from this movie thinking that Chewbacca saved those porgs because they were all over the Millennium Falcon? Like towards the end of the film, did he like? Did he save them from refuge? I I don't get it. I don't it. think so. I mean, I think those porks were a lot safer on that island than in the Millennium Falcon in uh, battle, right? I mean, he cooked one for goodness' sake, and then he <laughs> felt guilty 
about to eat it. That's right. In oh. front of a park. So that was a funny scene, and I, I like the way the scene ended. So I was expecting for Chewbacca just to put his cooked pork aside. Like he'd be like, oh, I can't eat this in front of these guys. But he never, at the end of the shot, he never tosses it. Do you think he ended up eating that pork? Someone that loses to a game of holographic chess that will chess that will rip your arms off. Hell yes, he's eating that pork. <laughs> if Chewbacca's hungry, he's gonna eat. That's what I thought too. Okay. Yeah, like okay. So they, when all these porks were looking at him with the sad eyes, okay, maybe that was a little tough. But after they left, there's no doubt in my mind that he ate that pork. Right. Come <laughs> right. On. Well, funny thing is, this has nothing to do with Star Wars. <laughs> right. And yet, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, that's a really good point you made. Like the porks don't move the story for it at all they were there to sell toys and to give the audience a few laughs there you go i think you hit it right on the nose right to sell toys yeah merchandising poor merchandising is everywhere (laughs) yeah but i don't know like it was uh i mean going Uh, back these are the comedic these are the comedic like sprinkled in moments that i think a lot of people had problems with yeah because there's no purpose for that humor in the context of like you know the the greater story. Yeah. Okay. So they don't push the story forward, but they, in terms of a flow of this, uh, of you know, of the experience and making it an enjoyable experience. Uh, yeah. Hell yeah. They added to the experience, right? So, I don't know. I guess. What's funny is that I remember that there. scene more about him withholding eating a porg that that porg more so than he was actually the guy that saved the day because he was piloting the Millennium Falcon by himself. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And it's weird that that takes the front seat to something <laughs> that's much more, you know, prevalent to the story. So, Rainier, you're sounding a lot like these fanboys who are hating on this movie. You know, they're like, "This is not Chewbacca. Chewbacca is a hero. He's not a he's not a sidekick there for laughs." You know, so um, am I falling I mean, in that territory? I well, I, that's the <laughs> thing though. I I enjoyed the movie, but I left the movie wanting more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not because it wasn't a complete story, but because I think there were a lot of. Well, let's see. Well, should I say plot holes? I don't know about plot holes. Okay, the whole reflection thing with Ray. Yeah, let's go there. Yeah, let's talk about this whole thing where, um, so in 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 Ray and Luke's training or in Ray's training, Ray sees this this hole, which I think is supposed to represent the dark side, some sort of evil. Right. Oh, definitely dark side. Well, yeah. she ends up going down this hole to find out how much deeper it goes. Yeah. And she ends up finding a mirror or a stone that shows her reflection. And I think we're supposed to be, I think the reveal is supposed to be like, oh, who are Ray's parents? Yeah. I think it had a similar feel to the way um, the way Luke had that feeling when he went down into that cave, mm-hmm. I think in Empire Strikes Back. Oh, yeah. Where he runs into Darth Vader. And this is all the force right yeah breaks open the mask and it's his face that's, yep. that's in. oh i, I think total th- callback i think this parallels that yeah and the glass breaks and we are not s- shown who her parents are yeah rather it's herself oh yeah um in the moment watching that it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me <laughs> um yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, it feels like they just don't want to dive into the background of Ray's parents. Right, right. And there's even a further explanation of that when Kylo Ren is like, like, I know who your parents are. You right. know, they were they were drunks and sold you for alcohol money. Yeah, they were nobodies. They were nobodies, and he yeah. just, boom, put an end to it. 
They, so, maybe yeah. they just don't want to open themselves up to more prequels. <laughs> they, just, they, they just need to keep focusing forward. Maybe that's the direction. Yeah. Well, let's focus on this a bit because this maybe is the number one source of fan hate. They w- The fans wanted to hear that Rey is a Skywalker, you know, that she was the offspring of Han and Leia, like a sister to Kylo Ren, or maybe... Uh, Luke Skywalker's daughter. Maybe there's uh, he 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 had a wife somewhere along the way that we don't know about. Um, but then, yeah, there's this revelation from Kylo Ren that raised parents for nobodies. You know, did that rub you the wrong way? Um, I mean, not. It was surprising because there, I mean, before yeah. episode before the last Jedi aired, a lot of people had fan theories about oh, you know, who's who are the parents, and you know, does she have Skywalker blood? And they basically just put that to an end. <laughs> right, right. Did that make me mad? Not, not really. You know, I gotta say, I really like this little twist because, um, and yes, it does sort of break a lot of what we know Star Wars to be. You know, the Star Wars story. You know, episodes one through seven, essentially, were like, it's the story of the Skywalker family, really, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And um, that's why I think everyone is expecting, like, okay, she's got to be a Star uh, a Skywalker because she has Force abilities. It's just a question of who. Is she, like, Leia's offspring, Luke's offspring? Like, how does it work, you know? Is she uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi's offspring? I think that was a popular theory as well. Yeah. Right? Um but then we're 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 handed this uh, bombshell that you know her parents were, were nobody, and I think I think it's really cool because it sends a nice message to me. It's like, well, for anyone, you know, you know, maybe in particular kids who are watching this movie, it's like you can be special. You don't have to be so and so's kid. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be of of royal lineage or whatever you know anyone can be special if you train hard enough <laughs> well in like the case Batman. of ray maybe not even train that hard yeah, you know but basically anyone can be special. if you're a natural prodigy yeah <laughs> but and and i think that's echoed at the very end you know where that little kid with the broom he's just this little kid no name slave right he can be special too mm-hmm. i think that's the big uh theme it's like anyone can do great things and be special in this universe you know i I think it's a pretty cool message i think it's also a message that they're really trying to bury metachlorians i was thinking that too (laughs) (laughs) they really shot themselves in the foot with that (laughs) yeah i think that that the theme that i just mentioned is like shitting on all the metachlorian stuff that lucas brought right (laughs) (laughs) they're trying to bring the faith back to the force (laughs) yeah trying to remove the scientology aspect (laughs) <laughs> of the force <laughs> and uh yeah speaking of that stuff like callbacks so i think that was a bit of a callback like it, it, it made us think of that midichlorian stuff right um you know what else was cool was like i mean there, there are so many little moments in the movie that that referenced like past star wars movies you know and and it, it didn't do it in the way that force awakens did where force awakens was Kind of like what we've been saying is sort of a remake of episode four this one was not a not a remake of empire it, it had elements of empire but it also had elements of jedi and other you know episodes 
in this series, right? I, I what I'm also wondering too, does that beg the question that Star Wars fans basically just want to see the rehash stuff that's been done since the 70s? Yeah. I mean, like everyone everyone bought into it with episode 7, I sure did. Yeah. So look, <laughs> so here maybe that's a good it's a good time to talk about the backlash because now it really begs the question, like there's so much focus on like what do the fans want we've seen it with with superhero movies ad nauseum we're seeing it with star wars now here's a case where i think the filmmaker here ryan johnson who i think he did a great job he really went out of his way to say almost like fuck you fans like i'm gonna do i'm just gonna make the best movie i can and to hell with what you guys want you know i think that perspective has has really kind of pissed off the fans. He's actually right? come out and said that? Uh, no, not explicitly. But I think to me that's what if what it feels like. That it's was the like, narrative he was going for. Okay, I, I'm a little harsh saying fuck you. I, I think he's saying, <laughs> you know what? That's great what you guys think, but I'm just going to make the best movie I can. This is what it means to me. Yeah, right. right? That's, so that's his message. That I think so. Okay. I think so. So in this world we live in where it's like there's there's box office there's critical response and there's fan response. A fan response is like a new one. Before it was just like, how much money is it, has it made and do the critics like it? That's it. Now there's this third metric, right? The third metric is what do the fans think? Or what do the trolls think? <laughs> or trolls, <laughs> Maybe fans, that's the fourth one. Whatever you want to call it. And it's definitely a thing and it's a factor now. So... I don't know. So let me tell you this. So like uh, the, the beginning, the beginning of the movie, the middle of the movie, everything was like on point. Like I was, I was all in. There were just, oh man, there were just some things like towards the tail end that I just couldn't get past. Yeah. These are the things that were sitting in the back of my head. Some of these things are super nitpicky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people are like, what the hell? Why are you focusing in on that? <laughs> yeah. 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 One of which is the the secret base that uh, <laughs> that the rebels. Okay, so the, the not so secret base, right? The not so. Uh, that's, that's the thing. Okay, so so they were on this rebel carrier, right? This was the last ship. They were trying to flee from the the empire's fleet of like huge star destroyers, and so this carrier is like their last resort, right? Mm-hmm. And even further, the last resort is going into like the individual pods where they can escape, which they eventually get to. Yeah. But all this time. It's hidden from us that there's this hidden rebel base. Yeah. Now, I think maybe it could be argued maybe it wasn't hidden. Maybe it was just decommissioned or uh, I don't know. But it's, they. I remember Leia saying something about how it was an uncharted or unmapped rebel like armory or something mm-hmm. like that, which is fine. Yeah. So that's the destination they're going to, which is weird because this entire time the Empire is chasing that carrier. Yeah. And they're saying they have nowhere to go. It's just a matter of time. <laughs> yeah. And then in that next scene when Leia unveils this planet, they pan over and there's this huge planet. <laughs> so you would think that the Empire would know. A little obvious. That, uh, okay, that's their exit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's probably where they're going to go. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. So they do end up going to this planet that has this quote-unquote secret base. Yeah. This secret base has huge godlike doors that can yeah. fit Star Destroyers in it. Yeah. It might as well, I said this earlier, it might as well have had a welcome mat on it yeah. because it had black doors on this all-white planet where if you stepped <laughs> on it, sure, it turned red, but yeah. you could see it yeah. like from yeah. a mile away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't hidden. 
And then in the next scene from that, you see the M, you see the Millennium Falcon flying through these these caves and crevasses of the planet that's yeah. essentially behind the secret base. Why didn't they put the base <laughs> underground where the Millennium Falcon was flying? God, I sound terrible pointing this out. <laughs> but that's what stuck in my head when I saw that. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. logistically, it just didn't seem like it made sense. And the uh, the the doorbuster that the Empire had this huge cannon. <laughs> yeah, that oh, was yeah. supposed to mm-hmm. obliterate this door for them to completely wipe out the rest of the rebel scum. Yeah, they were moving it closer to the door. Right, very which slowly, very very slowly, <laughs> only because it was this huge cannon. Yeah. It didn't seem like it would have made sense for them to have to move it forward because it had such a blast. <laughs> it had such a blast radius that it didn't make sense whether it was 10 feet closer or 10 feet shorter from right. the door. <laughs> and along those lines, I think I heard some arguments about why didn't they just land it closer to the door in the first yeah, place? Yeah, why didn't they just <laughs> land there? Like the same way it opened up in Rogue One, like when they landed on what's-his-name's farm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they could have cut that entire piece of them hiding and running away. They would have found him right off the bat. Right, right. But it sounds like that's also a reoccurring problem in a lot of other Star Wars films. <laughs> they yeah. just don't know where to land. <laughs> you bring up a lot of good points here. Um, and I think... Uh, to me, like, it's not much of a defense, but in my mind, so I had mentioned, like, a lot of the plot points in this movie are sort of subverting subverting expectation, you know? So, like, you think the ending is about, oh, are they going to find this hidden base or not? It's not about that. It, it, in the end, it's not hidden. Like, the, the Empire did find it, and that wasn't the point. The point was like Luke Skywalker showing up and then the rebels escaping, you know, that, that was the means the, to an end. Yeah. The right. means to the end. And same thing earlier. So there was that whole, like there's that casino part. There's that whole middle section where uh, Finn and Rose were like on this mission to find this like code breaker. And um, they were kind of like rejecting authority to do this mission. I, I didn't realize Benicio del Toro was in this movie, by yeah, the way. I, yeah, totally the collector. Forgot, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. <clears throat> so in the end that whole middle section kind of didn't matter either because they didn't they really would have ad- resulted they would have gone and they would have been in the same place they were had they not done yeah. that right yeah exactly so it's just I mean, it was there to sort of like mess with us in a way you know like it was like some time some twists and and um i guess along the lines of these comedic moments we've been talking about it was there and it was fun, but was it really necessary? Not really, right? Um, so there lies, you know, these moments that are like, well, they don't really move the narrative forward, but it sure as hell is a lot of fun, you know? And I think <laughs> that that's a lot of the movie, I think, right? It's just this right. kind of wild ride and there's a lot of twists and turns and a lot of surprises, yeah. you know? So, yeah, take that... Uh, However, However you, you want. <laughs> Let me get to the death of Captain Phasma, or if she is even dead. But she went out yeah. in a really lame way, if you ask mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. In Episode 7, like, again, Episode 7, she had no drop-the-mic moment. She she, <laughs> she ended up being oh, yeah. overcome by the Rebels, and they, they she had to basically listen to the Rebels. Yeah. In this case, well, here, maybe I should rewind back a little bit to when they capture... Uh, Rose and Finn. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Rose and Finn are captured by Phasma and 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 you know their battalion. Yep. 
And they're about to execute Rose and Finn. Yeah, they're going to decapitate them. Right. And yeah. just before that happens, the uh, that rebel carrier, uh, they decide to point it into the direction of that Star Destroyer, mm-hmm. where it just completely destroys and dismantles the <laughs> ship, okay? Yeah. And so there's this huge explosion. And then we see Rose and Finn miraculously wake up <laughs> or gain consciousness right next to each other. Yeah. Despite seeing a whole bunch of downed stormtroopers beside them who are wearing armor. <laughs> Finn and Rose are not wearing armor, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so they, you know, they escape this execution uh, where Captain Phasma was right on top of them. This explosion happens. They wake up. And suddenly Captain Phasma is coming in from a different room almost mm-hmm. with a whole new set of stormtroopers that were not affected by the blood. It's <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that, that, that goes back to the whole, you know, what's the point of stormtroopers wearing armor? Like one shot, one kill. Yeah. They can get obliterated and knocked out by a blast, but people not wearing armor <laughs> are able to gain consciousness. Yeah. It just, it doesn't make sense. It's pretty silly. Yeah. <laughs> they might as well could have had a, uh, Shiva the tiger jump across the screen and, and save Finn and, and Rose, right? I mean, was that just a big, like, continuity, like, oversight? I don't know. It was it was pretty ridiculous, let's be honest. <laughs> uh, but, hey, so it did lead to the Finn versus Phasma battle, which yeah, is was pretty, pretty freaking cool. awesome. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think it sounds like for you, it, like, Phasma, even with that one fight scene, it's still, like, it felt like she wasn't in star wars i feel like she wasn't vindicated like she's supposed to be this badass like strong female leader yeah who who has laser proof armor by the way why don't all of the stormtroopers (laughs) have laser proof armor is it rare is it a rare metal that doesn't exist yeah i don't know And somehow she won it in like a bet who knows it's kind of like why doesn't tony stark equip all the avengers with iron man armor (laughs) you know kind of one of those things yeah i don't know man (laughs) What well, makes her so special? <laughs> and if she's that special, why do they keep giving her the short end of the stick in every movie? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a rare, a very rare metal, like vibranium. Is or it vibranium? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Who knows? I don't know. Um, yeah, ver- uh, solid points for sure. For sure, definitely. Um, what else? I think the big one for me was the misunderstanding between Luke and Ben, Kylo Ren. Okay. Yeah. So we are we are led to believe that there's two points of views here that Ben f- felt like Luke was going to kill him that like you know Luke Skywalker was a murderer mm-hmm. <laughs> and Luke Skywalker had felt this dark side in Kylo Ren that he said he just couldn't ignore and it came to a point where Luke Skywalker even for a split second was thinking I've got to I've got to kill this guy yeah. because he's he I've seen his future and it's bad and that just does not seem like Luke Skywalker's character to me. Yeah. Like, if you go back to the original trilogy, Luke Skywalker, when he finds out that Darth Vader is his father, Darth Vader is the ultimate bad guy of the universe. Mm-hmm. But Luke Skywalker senses a glimmer, a, f- a, a, a little sliver of hope yeah. that he can turn. He does not kill Darth Vader. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> fast forward to The Last Jedi, he has a vision of Kylo Ren um, going to the dark side and doing all these bad things, and he realizes, shit, I got to kill this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That seems way <laughs> out of Luke Skywalker's character to me. Right, right. And this is at the height of Master Luke Skywalker. This is, wasn't him in Recluse, like, away yeah, from yep. people. Like, he was yep. training Kylo Ren and a whole bunch of other, like, Jedi, up-and-coming Jedis. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which I feel like could have been resolved in a conversation, maybe. <laughs> like, maybe Luke should have sat down with Ben and said, hey, let's talk about this. <laughs> right. Well, if you recall, there we saw the flashback, like, three times, right? There was Luke's recollection of it. There was Kylo Ren's recollection. And then one that was kind of like, it seemed like more of what really happened, right? So for, for Luke, it was like Kylo Ren just went crazy, right? He, like, he, like, had his his buddies like burn down the jedi temple and like completely turn on him right but then in kylo's recollection he was just sleeping and he, and he wakes up and, and luke's just gonna fucking just kill him right then and there right right but i think that's the problem that's the thing him laying over kylo ren with a lightsaber like i'm about to kill you even if it was for a split second he never had that split second thought with darth vader well that's debatable debatable because there is like a third flashback which i feel like was a little bit more what really happened and what happened was luke was standing over kylo ren as he was sleeping with his lightsaber and there was a moment i think that crossed his mind like maybe i should kill him kylo ren wakes up and and luke skywalker doesn't look like he's actually gonna do it but in kylo ren's mind he's about to kill him. Right, because right? he's asleep and he just sees a, a wielded lightsaber yeah, right. over his head. Right. So, I mean, I think there's some gray area. You know, I think... I don't think it should have even gone to that point okay. where he had his lightsaber over well, him. Well, if you think that, then... I mean, Darth Vader cut off his hand, for goodness sake. <laughs> and Darth Vader thought he was dead for all accounts. Yeah, well, I don't know. We, we go back <laughs> yeah, and forth yeah, on this. I know, but yet Luke <laughs> says, I'm not going to kill you. There's a little bit of hope. There's a little bit of light. I can save you. Yeah, I feel like he should have done the same. He could have done the same... Well, who knows? I mean, I think that's what, what, have, but I think it that's what he seem. ultimately did. He like he was thinking about it, then he kind of pulled back. It's like, I can't do it. Um, but I don't know. There's, we could go back and forth on that all day, I think. You done messed up, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> and But, you know, on the Luke Skywalker character real quick, okay, he is this sort of uh, beacon of hope for the light side. Um, but he himself isn't like a hundred percent good. He's got some darkness in him too, you know. Like even in Return of the Jedi, when the Emperor is trying to turn him, there's that moment where he he rages out, right? And the dark side kind of consumes him at that point. And I think, yeah, there definitely is a lot of dark side in him as well. So for for me to see him even entertain the thought of killing Kylo, that does make sense to me. It it, it it's in his character, I think. Yeah. All right. So, like I said, <laughs> this debate can happen, can occur <laughs> for weeks and weeks. But killing a man while he's sleeping, man, <laughs> shooting a guy in his back, that's a low blow, even for Luke. Come on. Well, yeah. Debatable. <laughs> debatable, for sure. And this is his nephew, for goodness sake. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> uh, so, any any final thoughts? I, I had just one more thing I wanted to bring up, and that is uh, it's interesting that you enjoyed – Force Awakens a little bit more, and that I liked Last Jedi, Last Jedi a little bit more because I think the reason I enjoyed it more, it, it kind of goes back to like this fanboyism. Like J.J. Abrams is very vocal about being a Star Wars super fan. He grew up with Star Wars. He loves it. He's loved it his whole life. When he was offered the opportunity to direct a Star Wars movie, he couldn't turn it down. He's like. This is the dream of dreams, you know. Um, I feel like any time a filmmaker is too close to the material he's creating, 
it can be a bit of a problem. It was like it's too beloved to him. It's too close to him. Like J.J. Abrams couldn't approach episode seven the way Ryan Johnson approached episode eight. He couldn't throw in some comedic moments. He couldn't change a lot of these things that are near and dear to hardcore Star Wars fans' hearts. He had to really kind of stick to the formula, just like rehash episode four. And I think uh, the for what he set out to do, he did a great job. But there was a certain freedom that Ryan Johnson had with episode eight that I thought really shined. And I think it's that same freedom that J.J. Abrams himself had with the Star Trek movies. Like, you look at those Star Trek movies, similarly, a lot of hardcore Trek fans were not too were not too stoked about what J.J. Abrams and also notably Damon Lindelof did to the Trek universe. But I, I think it worked because they were kind of free and easy about it. They, they were like, okay, we can do this crazy time travel thing have two spocks and like do all this wild stuff have some comedy have some action you know um i think with some freedom from the trappings of of this fanboyism i think a lot of great things can happen we should talk about uh how this ends right the big reveal here the big you don't want to spoil this moment advertising campaign that the last jedi had (laughs) okay go ahead it goes without saying right yeah um yeah, so we're expecting to see this big lightsaber battle between Kylo Ren and Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Because they meet for the first time. And uh, someone pointed it out earlier when we were chatting that, oh, why does Luke have a shorter beard than he did earlier? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, did, he was... just, did he want to make himself presentable? Oh, and how did he find everyone in this yeah. quote-unquote hidden yeah. base? Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and, okay, so I, I actually had my own theory at this very moment when this was happening. Okay. But how it plays out is that um, they meet, and it's really just Luke Skywalker force projecting himself from where he is to that planet. Yep. So he's not actually there. It's just a hologram right. of him. Pulling a Loki, if you will. Yeah, and this is this is new. I've never seen a Jedi do this before. Brand new. Right? Yeah. So this is the level of Jedi that I was wanting to see. This is what I wanted to see him show Rey in training, but mm. he's he's showing it. Wait, is she even watching? <laughs> Let's see. So, so she's in the Millennium Falcon, Falcon. Fly, finding the secret okay, so back entrance. She's, yeah, she's away from this stuff. To the hidden base that is that really only has one way in, one way out. But there's a second way out. As it turns out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's pretty awesome. Like you, it's, it's, let's see here. So Luke does unwield his lightsaber, but he doesn't go toe to toe with Kylo. He's right. basically dodging everything that Kylo's throwing in at him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, this is the moment that I have this realization, which I'll get to later. Okay, and then um, oh, I should probably rewind a little bit, man. <laughs> Go ahead. I mean, like Luke Skywalker shows up, Kylo Ren sees him, Kylo's in his ship. There's a bunch of uh, they're not at ats. What are they? Um, oh, the Imperial Walkers. There's a, a bunch of Imperial Walkers, and Kylo Ren, in his you know, um, immature, rageful way, says, "Fire everything we've got at him." Yeah, at Luke Skywalker. So you just see just this barrage of laser fire. Like engulf him. Anyone standing there would have would have been obliterated. Yep. Um, but not and, Luke Skywalker. And it seemed like that was the death of Luke Skywalker. Uh, but you know, <laughs> but you no. know he's not going out that <laughs> but way. No. 
I almost thought he was going to be holding that laser fire the same way that Kylo Ren uh, did. Remember uh-huh. in, the, in episode seven when he yeah. held that laser shot? Yeah. I almost thought he was going to have like this laser fire held and he was going to shoot it right back to everyone else. Mm, mm-hmm. That didn't happen. Nope. Um, he just, the dust clears and he just like wipes his shoulder free mm-hmm. of dust. Yeah, kind of like a Bruce Lee kind of move. Yep. <laughs> it was and pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. And then he just continues to walk towards this armada uh, of of uh, Imperial walkers, yeah, right. And then this is when Kylo goes down to ground level and goes face to face, eye to eye with Luke Skywalker. Right, here we go, showdown. And that was pretty awesome. Yeah. How, what What did you think of Luke Skywalker's like uh, fighting ability? <laughs> was it there? Is that what you were expecting to see? Oh, so um, yeah, that's right. So even though he technically wasn't there he was kind of playing the part right Right. and he was dodging all the blows and stuff and um it made me think like okay luke skywalker is probably about as old as obi-wan kenobi was in the first star wars movie at this point right and in that movie obi-wan wasn't getting around so great you know um and it seemed like luke had some moves left in him but you know he wasn't like he wasn't pulling off some some american ninja moves let's just say that right yeah, no triple sow cows <laughs> no backflips right. right yeah we weren't seeing like darth maul type stuff happening right um and um but the the way that little showdown was shot was so exciting like you know even though like luke was just kind of dodging and it wasn't like the, the moves of of a master jedi in his prime there there was a sense of like okay something big is gonna happen right um, and I, I really I enjoyed it. You know, I thought that fit the character. Like, I, it, it it made sense that we weren't seeing Luke Skywalker doing backflips and stuff. Um, and it, the tension was mounting, and that worked for me. Right. And then it's at this moment where Poe Dameron realized, oh, wait a minute, he's doing this for a reason. Yeah. What is it? Mm-hmm. And they find that there's some rear back entrance that the Crystal Foxes find. Yeah. Uh, which allows them to escape. Um, you know, their their imminent uh, elimination. Yep. Um, but here's the here's the catch. Yeah, they we realize when Kylo actually strikes at uh, at Luke, he's not really there. Correct. That's the big reveal. Yep, he's not there at all. He's uh, force projecting himself from his little island. He never left the island. Never left there the nope. whole time. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, and you know what actually ran through my head. Well, and that's the thing too. It looks like he had used so much of this energy that it 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 it, it cost him dearly. Yeah. Right, right. So we see Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, like you know, he he, the 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 light of his life just completely diminishes. Like he's he dies, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that's it. That's his ending, and it dies to he dies in the same manner as he did, like leaving Tatooine in A New Hope, where he's looking at the the double sunset. Yeah, and you get that musical montage. Oh, so great! That was uh, that was awesome. Also notable that he died in seemingly the same way. Obi-Wan Kenobi Obi-Wan, yeah. died. He on just kind of disappeared. Yep. And well, also notably that it leaves it open that he could sort of return as a ghost, right? Right. Right. So uh, maybe we haven't seen uh, the last of Mark Hamill. Yeah. Right. Um, oh, man. So, okay, this yeah. realization that I had was when I realized that, oh, man, this is a projection of Luke. For a second, I thought, oh, shit, 
has Luke been dead this entire time? <laughs> yeah. And that even Ray's initial interaction with him Ooh. was, um, you know, was a ghost. Yeah. And I was thinking, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. <laughs> if this is the big reveal, that was right. not the case. But I was thinking, oh, man, they could have had this awesome, like, fight club, like, <laughs> moment where you realize that she's really, you know, at this stage in the Force where she can, like, see Jedi ghosts as if they're actually there. Or that Luke Skywalker has reached this level of Jedi where he doesn't appear as a ghost. Mm-hmm. That he can actually force bring his physical body back into the real world. <laughs> I thought, whoa, is this the direction they're going to go in? Whoa. Uh, that didn't happen, but, um, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's the the, the, the the storytelling you would have preferred to see? That's That crossed my mind. Okay. Yeah. How cool would that be, though, that right? Would, that would be pretty amazing. <laughs> I mean, you talk about a shock to Star Wars fans. That might have been too much to take. A little too much? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, man. Like, th- because in the in the final cut that we did see we did get to see Luke Skywalker's last moments we got to see him die and he got to die really saving the day and really meaningful you know, yeah it was a very a poetic death. it was a very poetic send off right right so and it, i think just for that alone i think the way uh, the story played out was was great yeah yeah cool so um so here's the thing walking away from the movie yeah which had me really sad i mean after seeing like luke go right yeah episode seven han is gone episode eight luke is gone and it's almost as if like there's this this checklist where it's like (laughs) the old guard is just going to continue to diminish and i know it's inevitable and you know carrie fisher rest in peace I mean, I'm not sure how they're going to finish her story because her story doesn't seem like it ends, actually. Right. Um, The trailer is kind of led you to believe that she was killed by Kylo Ren, but uh, she survives. Yeah. She's still in the story. Correct. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's going to be addressed in some way in Episode 9. Yeah. And it just just gave me this really sinking feeling (laughs) in my heart that, like, geez, it's like, who's next? Right, right. You know? I mean. Yeah. I was totally thinking that too. Like after Han died in Episode Seven, I was thinking, well, if they kill someone off, Leia or Luke, it's sort of like it's kind of predictable, right? It's yeah, like, you know? exactly, right? Yeah. So that's a little weird, and it really does make you wonder, like, yeah, what's going to happen next? I don't know. We'll see. Um, but you know, that said, um, just going back real quick to to Luke Skywalker. Like I had mentioned, like anything with Luke in it, I loved in this movie. And like, man, did I get emotional like so many times. So we see Luke reunited with R2. That was really touching. And R2 played the old yeah, message yeah, from yep. A New Hope. Did you did you notice how when he reunited with R2, that was the same vision that Ray had in episode seven when she touched the lightsaber oh, for the first time. I didn't notice that. He was kind of bent over and he just puts his hand oh. over R2. So that's what she saw. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. I didn't notice that. I thought that was a cool callback. Awesome. Yep. Um, the Luke and Yoda scene, so great. You know, Luke, like, yeah, you know, Luke and awesome. Yoda scene, that was great. Uh, I, it's, I mean, anytime we see Yoda back in puppet form, I mean, I can get behind <laughs> that all day long. Hell yeah. Although I feel like the choice of Jedi returning to help guide Luke back into a more realistic perspective. <laughs> I think I think Obi Wan would should have been. I think he would have been better suited than Yoda. As much as I like that scene, because like Yoda, I, I mean, as wise as Yoda is, 
he's kind of kooky. Yeah, right? he's always been kooky. And that's how Luke is in his current state. Yeah. And it, it, I, th- I feel like it would have been a better contrast and setting Luke on a, on a more direct path had it been Obi-Wan. That does make sense. Just my opinion. Yeah. And um, it might have come down to something as simple as Alec Guinness right. being, not being around. You know, not yeah. alive yeah. anymore. Yeah. And uh, Frank Oz, the original <laughs> voice of Yoda, is still around. He did the voice again. Yeah, so yeah. that was cool. It might have been as simple as that. And the fact that I think Yoda is, is really a fan yeah. favorite. Oh, but if they can bring back a young Leia, if they can bring back Tupac and MJ. <laughs> They can definitely do Obi-Wan in hollow form. There you go. So, yeah. Um, a lot of great stuff in this movie. Um, any any? Oh, we should fi- talk about... Uh, we got to talk about Snoke. That guy went out. Oh, yeah. And that big fight scene with with Ben and Ray and the, the royal assassin guard or whatever they're called. <laughs> oh, yeah. Great that scene. was pretty badass. That was pretty badass. Yeah. It was definitely surprising Snoke die. I guess Andy Serkis is, is, is got some some duties as claw in the black panther movie and infinity war so you know he's got to move on they had to lighten his load although i think he went out a little too easy yeah a little a little too easy but that was pretty cool how he did go out yeah and again like it was a surprise they're really going for these big twists you know and i i dug all that stuff so you know yeah a lot a lot of a lot of cool shit in this movie for sure and he uh final parting thoughts yeah so i mean overall i enjoyed the movie it was fun it's star wars it's everything star wars has to offer i did leave the movie wanting a little bit more um there were some questionable maybe timeline moments some logistical moments Mm -hmm. if you can get past that i think you're going to enjoy it but i think if you just love star wars you're just going to love it regardless yeah i think that's my perspective definitely and you know i i was saying how the director ryan johnson was sort of giving the fans a big f you i i really i really i'm taking that back <laughs> he, he he definitely didn't take that perspective he took a lot of liberties um but more, I think, how about more like i'm going to challenge you not f you but i'm going to challenge there these fans challenge the audience and yes he did give fan service a lot there were a lot of great callbacks you know luke looking into the double sun as as the score swells, you know, so great. Um, also, um, fa- fan um, service on a more uh, recent level too, where uh, I don't know if you noticed this, but uh, Leia and Chewie got a hug at the end. Did you see that? I did. Right? Wasn't yeah. that awesome? That was totally a direct a response to fans being annoyed that JJ didn't have them hug in <laughs> Force of Awakens, right? So, uh, <laughs> maybe Chewie didn't take a bath and he just stunk or something. Uh, who knows? Maybe, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> but we did see the hug. Thank you, Ryan Johnson, for that. All right. Um, I think we're good, yeah? Yeah. Here come uh, what's your episode nine, two years from now? That's right. And then there's the Han Solo solo movie uh, coming up uh, next year, too. Yeah, yeah. So, Plenty of Star Wars to go around. Uh, But for now, we can wrap up the episode. This is Farewell from Henry and Rainier.